This is a HeadGum Podcast. Thanks for listening to No Joke with Billy and Adam on the HeadGum Podcast Network. This is the show where we tackle a topic oh so loosely and discuss our previous, present, and future experience with it. Today's topic was interviews, and our guest was Jesse David Fox. We hope you enjoy the No Joke Podcast. Hey, welcome back. It is the No Joke Podcast. I am Billy Scafuri. I'm Adam Lustig. And it is officially episode 150. Cannons, fireworks, fireworks. We couldn't afford we real it. cannons no, and we couldn't afford that. real fireworks. <laughs> so instead, Adam just said the words out loud. 150, Bill. 150. We made it, man. Adam, episodes leading up to this, we're like, what are we going to do? We gonna t- and it, it kind of just special. It should be special. Yeah. It should be big. It yeah. should be otherworldly. Yeah, otherworldly. That ultimately led to, should we get a cake? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we really. We kind of dialed it back. Scale down And we said, what can we gang. realistically pull off? If you listen to No Joke, we might have to scale down your dream. Reasonable dreams. Right. Right. Reasonable dreams. In fact, you and I once worked for a company called Catalyst where their motto was dream bigger. Dream bigger. Dream bigger. That's and right. I always thought this company needs to realistic yeah. smaller. Dream they smaller. need to re- bring reality back. Maybe don't even dream at all. We worked there for yeah. years. I don't know if we made one thing. <laughs> but they, I certainly didn't dream anything. But they dreamed, baby. They did it. They did it big. Uh, but we did not have fireworks. We don't even really have cake or pie. That's correct. Which is something that, but we have something much, much better, which is a smart, talented human being. Okay. Okay. With us. okay. <laughs> um, we are, are privileged to have the senior editor at Vulture and host of another HeadGum podcast. Fireworks, fireworks, fireworks cannons. <laughs> called A Good One, where, sorry, Good One, where he talks to various comedians and sort of digs into their process. Thrilled to have Jesse David Fox. Hello. Hi, Jesse. Fireworks, Jesse. Fireworks, fireworks, fireworks. Jesse, do you feel nervous? Because as we kind of established, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the listeners were expecting us to be eating cake <laughs> yeah. on this episode. Yeah. So yeah. There is no, no cake in sight. Yes. But I will pantomime, the, I guess not pantomime, what's the opposite, what's the noise version of pantomime? <laughs> Noise of mime. Noise of mime. Exactly. I wonder what sound cake. Oh, just chewing. Just, um, just yeah. the general chewing. Yes. So, human cake. Yeah, you're the cake of humans. Jesse mm-hmm. David Fox. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, Jesse, you're in from New York. Yes. You oh, flew um, in. Yeah. And is there Boy, a reason? <laughs> Did you fly in for a reason? Or uh, is- I flew in for Vulture Festival, and uh, every season of the podcast, I try to do an amount in LA mm-hmm. because yes. there are comedians here. Yes. Of course. Uh, and they are willing to come to a studio, they're not willing to fly. <laughs> to New York to do yeah. one podcast. Right. Yes. Um, the podcast you're talking about is Good One. Yes. That is on the HeadGum Network. You want to tell everybody what Good One's about and what you do? Sh- sure. It's uh, The full title is Good One, a podcast about jokes. Yep. Uh, a comedian comes on. They play one of their jokes, jokes defined broadly to mean a, a joke, bit, chunk, sketch, a yep. scene, yep. a chapter of a book. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, set a late night set could be one. Yep. And uh, we play it. We then talk about how it was made and then sort of why it was made. Yeah. Uh, and as we talked about, a surprising amount of people been willing to do it. It's. Inc- <laughs> I was. I last night I was just telling you Jesse off mic that I was scrolling through your get your sort of library and it is a murderer's row of every talented yeah. comedian and they're all murderers. To murderers. Get it, that's right. That, uh, everyone kills. Get Jesse's other podcast, Murderers <laughs> yeah. Row, yeah. where he talks about a specific killing and the process by which it yes. took place. Oh, um, if only I would have yeah. a much more popular podcast. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> true crime is just. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I will say that it's the type of thing where. Mm. 
comedians, I'll just say anyone, loves to explain their process, and I find that listeners love hearing process. Oh, yeah. Process-oriented podcasts are very relatable, yes. and it's not usually just about the thing that they're doing. You don't have to be an aspiring comedian to want to hear about process. Yes. You just want to hear process, right? Yeah, I mean, I think of it as a... I mean, even when I write about comedy, I try to think, like, I'm writing about art, but comedy is the one that I'm able to do yeah. best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think when I talk to Max Avestri, he's like, you figure out a way to get interesting answers to the questions that every comedian gets, which is like, how do you how do you do this? Truly. Real. Truly. Yeah. And it also, you're so well, re- you're a really good podcast host, Jesse. <laughs> oh, you're really well researched and like you really bring a real kind of like academic sort of lens to comedy, which is something that... Yeah. Phoebe Robinson even said I, I was too well researched. <laughs> she goes, you, you, you put too much work into the <laughs> show. That's... You should get someone else to do it. You really studied. Do you ever feel that way though? Because I think that one of my favorite joys about doing No Joke with Adam is that, and I even explained that as we were walking up to the studio, it's like, there's a certain freedom where we're unprepared to a certain extent. Yeah. We know how the show should go. We know our dynamic. Yeah. We know the certain tenants, but we don't have anything planned, and that kind of feels a little fun for us. There's some liberation there, yeah. But I also admire listening to your show. I feel very taken care of. Oh, yes. it's... Oh, that's very nice. That's literally my dream come true. That's <laughs> that's true. That, it's, it's... Fact. 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 Me and Marina yeah. just saw, my fiance just saw a concert at this three-person band. It's called Krungbin. They're from Houston, Texas. Cool. Mm-hmm. And their stage performance was very choreographed. They just had like little pieces of choreography that made me, the audience, feel like they are taking care of us. Yes. They have, they've built out, they know exactly what their show will be and they will present it as such. Yeah, I mean, that is the goal with the guest, which is, I think not all of them know this is going to happen, but I planned out like I have printed out questions and they go, we go in order because I have a sense of what they're going to say. Right. And the hope is that the goal of the podcast is for them to realize the thing that I think about them. For the, like, Real. like essentially like, I, it's like if I were to write a piece about a person, I would say like, oh, this is what they do. Yes. Right. And, and a person can't necessarily do that about themselves because they don't necessarily have to think about themselves that That's deeply. Right. But when they, the goal is if they can realize that at the same time. Yes. It's it's very exciting. That's the yes. sweet spot. They're like, oh, I guess my entire career has been building towards this thing. I was like, yeah, yeah it seems like it. I can't yes. believe it either. Yeah, I just listened to the Keenan episode. I think it was your most recent that's up yeah. now. Yep. Yes. Uh, two questions. Sure. Well, I guess one's a question and one is just a thought. The first question would be, you went to 30 Rock to do that, yeah. right? Cool. Did you sit in that huge communal writer's room and do no. that interview? Because <laughs> I was going to say, that's like a pretty public area to do that interview. And that's what I thought took place. I was like, that's bold. So some uh, I've now done a few interviews in 30 Rock, but... Usually it's in the person's office, like that Jimmy Fallon in his sense. office. Wow. And Keenan asked to do it in his office, but he doesn't have a table in the same way. Mm-hmm. So we did it in the conference room where oh. I do a lot of interviews. <laughs> they just have a conference room. It's in the publicist wing yes. of the SNL. Got it. Yes. But, uh, yes. And it's truly unremarkable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, I worked there for a year, and it's like the whole place is so unremarkable. Yeah. But I thought for some reason when you said conference room in that interview – I was like, I would be so self-conscious if I was Keenan or Brian Tucker to be like answering, talking about myself yeah. in this public setting. Yeah. Okay. So but that's... people walk, you know, people, it's, it's Tuesday night, it's a writing night, like there's a lot of hustle and bustle, it's yes. also the election night, like people were right. walking around, they had to move where there, there was going to be pizza because they were all going to watch the election, they had yes. to move that. So there was, like <laughs> truly I saw people like just walking in, looking, and then be like, All right, you "Real, know, like, yes, you right. know, like people get interviewed, keep there. it moving." Yeah, yeah. But like, I think they—that's always the the one I when it's a less controlled space. I get yeah. nervous that they're going to be uncomfortable. But like the the help of having when I, usually it's hard to interview two people for this because yes. it tends to be a pretty intense experience. But yeah. when it is to the other person's like not as a, you know self conscious, and I yes. think what was nice about the Keenan one was. 
Keenan isn't going to admit how important and influential he is, but yes. like Brian it's will so be happy. That's totally <laughs> exactly man. That was exactly <laughs> the Keenan dynamic. Hype man. Yeah. Where it was like yeah. a humble artist and the guy who writes for him. He's like, and this is another thing that makes Keenan so yeah, awesome. exactly. Because yeah. Keenan also wants to hear that. Yes. We yeah. all want to hear that about ourselves. As someone who is so researched and so prepared, and frankly mm. such a comedy academic, and you've talked to all these fabulous comedians, what like? Has there been a moment or like I'm sure there has, but like that's really taking you by surprise or that you really did not expect or an answer? Because I know you're saying that like I've I, you watch all the previous interviews. And yeah. You are, again, so kind of well read and well studied. But has there been ever a moment that really kind of like pulled the rug out from under you or like really kind of knocked you I sideways? Mean, the most exciting moment of maybe my career of interviewing mm. people was when I interviewed Patton Oswalt for the podcast yeah. and he, we talked about – uh, part of his special where he, uh, his most recent special he has a section about his wife yeah. dying yeah. and you know he did a bunch of interviews about it and they're all sort of like not great like mm-hmm. they're sort of these inter- not, not, no offense to these interviews yes. some of them were it's just sort of like he was still so close yeah. to it and then we're walking through this and there's a moment in the interview where we, we where I ask him when was like what was the, when did it break through and um, it's like I guess it was like this show um Maybe it was like around, maybe it was around New York Comedy Festival, and then I realized I was at that show. Oh, wow. mm. And then at the same time, we realized like, oh, it has to be that show because it was the week. We almost said it in unison. It was the week after Halloween, and the joke was like about Halloween. Wow! Like it was, it was just like I feel like that's what you do the podcast for. That <laughs> sweet spot of like both like the fan and the artist yeah. having the same revelation at the yes. same time, and then getting to live in it. There. Yeah, yeah, a lot of the people the from reading comments that have generally nice ish. The, yes. the mean comments are all just sort of like I'm a robot or I have some <laughs> sort of um, uh, learned uh, whether well, I'm on some sort of spectrum where yes, I like yes. Treat, oh, that's what you want. Yeah. Don't understand. Okay. Sure, but the nice people are like, I, I, they'll be like, oh, I remember when you did that joke one time 12 years ago. Yeah. And like, whatever. How do you remember well, that? Well, because it's like usually the comedians I have on, I know, and yeah, they are true. picking jokes that are like their jokes. Right. Yes. Right. So it's like, I know, um, the history of it just because I know that comedian. I know they've been doing it, you know, like for forever. Like Max, Max Silvestri is a person I've been following. He's a person Same. who hosted the show that I would go to every That's week. Right. right. Big tour. And right. is like a friend. So I was like, yeah. oh, I remember when he did that because I knew his girlfriend. I know yeah. so like, history. I yeah. All that. Well, that's yeah. right. His episode was a story. It was like Leah's story or something. It was, right? his, it was like, yeah. yes. yes. It was his girlfriend's story. Yes. And everyone I knew were friends with his girlfriend. So like, and I remember him doing it. At a show where I knew there were lots of people <laughs> yeah. that knew her better. That's interesting. And so it's his story, and then the episode was about how do you navigate yes. using each other's lives. Yes. I'm going to just zig for a second. Sure. Zig, baby. It's a, episode 150. Yes, sir. And anything freaking goes. No, we're crazy We here. promised you a cake. We're giving you a Jesse. <laughs> but that being said, when we were talking before the show, yeah. we said, hey, why don't we do an episode that's like around comedy, but what? And we yeah. landed on The Simpsons, something yeah. we all kind of know that's about. That's right. I'm just going to zig. Whoa, Bill. I know we're all thinking we're zagging. Bill might zig and just toss out, should we talk about interviewing more? I because think the nice. process of interviewing is very interesting to me right now. We often have to interview people. Jesse often has to interview people. We're all doing it right now. Yeah. Why yeah, don't yeah, yeah. we do- <laughs> Well, not me, technically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's fair. I think that's a good call. Should we just <clears throat> ride that wave? What a pivot. <laughs> wow. Froggy Huge voice. bubble. Froggy voice. Leave it in, Bill. My body and soul <laughs> was saying, go with this. And my throat and voice was saying, no, no, no. Go back to the Simpsons. <laughs> That's right. So let's go into an act break. Great. And what do you say we just commit to this newfound path we're walking on? I sure. love this pivot. Does we'll that walk sound it, okay? We'll walk it together. Great. Great. So, Jesse, in the act breaks, we mm-hmm. like to play a song. That's right. A popular song and a song that exists. Maybe a not popular song. A song that you like. Sure. We're currently talking about pivoting. That's right. Interviewing. Yes. Walking down paths. Yes. Does any song come to 
mind. Guys. That's right. Walking down paths or interview. Is there a song that you do you like get yourself psyched up with music before like? <laughs> oh, you know, I'm trying to think if I do, and I definitely don't. But uh, <laughs> that took a I'm lot like, of time to think I, about. I, I am obsessively listening to every single interview the person does. The yeah, thing that I do to prepare, right. which I'll save, is I listen to people to talk at super high speed. So then I'm like, when they talk, it's Jesse, slow. It's already in. Yeah. Oh my God, how clever. Yeah. But but I will say this. I felt an answer, which is the first interview I did, yeah. the first two interviews I did were, yes. were, two, were musicians. Oh. Um, and I believe the first interview I ever did where I actually had talked, because at first I would only do email interviews because I was yeah. too nervous. Yes. But the first oh. interview where I talked to the person was Lisa Hannigan. Okay. Yes. She's maybe yes. first known for, she did that stuff with Damien Rice, and then she right. had a couple solo albums. That's okay. right. And I interviewed her for a site called Pop Matters. So are we, trying to, are we trying to play some Lisa Hannigan? Lisa right? Hannigan, let's get her real is, is there a Hannigan song that comes to mind, or should we just roll the dice and see what the internet gives us? Yeah, I think roll the dice. Okay, I think okay, we'll roll, roll the, the dice. dice. Okay, great. <laughs> Jesse was very confident <laughs> with that answer. Yeah. We're going to roll the dice. This is Lisa Hannigan. We're rolling some dice. We'll be right back. When you lost in and it's Easter time too. And your gravity fails and negativity don't pull you through. Don't put on any airs when you're down Room Rumor Avenue. They've got some hungry women there, and man, they'll really make a mess out of you. St. Annie, tell her thanks a lot, and I cannot move and my fingers are all in knots, and I haven't got the strength to get up and take another shot, and my best friend the doctor won't even say what it is I've got Sweet Melinda The peasants call her the goddess of gloom And she speaks good English And she invites you up into her room And you're so kind and careful to go to her too soon And then she takes your voice And leaves you howling at the moon Up on Project Hill It's either fortune or fate And you can have one or the other Though neither of them are to be what they are Get silly, better go back to from where you came. Because the cops don't need you, and man, they expect the same. All the authorities, they just stand around and boast about how they blackmail the sergeant in arms into leaving. up angel who just arrived here from the coast who looked so fine at first but left looking just like a ghost 
Welcome back to No Joke. We are talking to Jesse David Fox about interviewing. That was Lisa Hannigan's cover of Tom Thumb's Blues. Correct. Yes. Very correct. Um, now, Jesse, this podcast is coming out a week after, but whoops, but the Vulture <laughs> Festival was just here in yes. Los Angeles, uh, and you were doing, uh, you did a live doing in the future, but have done when you're listening to this uh, interview with Laurel. Yes. Um, and you were just saying that Sinbad was your first comedy show. Yes. So, Where was that? And, and so amazing. It was in Las Vegas. Cool. So we were in Las Vegas for some sort of family trip. My mom might have had a conference so they're thinking right. of things to do yes. <laughs> and since i had been watching comedy my entire life and yeah. stand up but it wasn't like if you asked me as a kid what are my interests i was not going yes. to list comedy <laughs> and i didn't know bad wasn't at the top of the list <laughs> no if you ask me who my favorite comedian if you ask me at 50 at probably 12 13 14 15 who are my favorite comedian yeah. Sinbad would be on that list <laughs> really i love Sinbad was once his was routines or the actor his his stand up routines know, like, or I'm the actor i was so familiar with Sinbad so was i i feel like he was fairly clean he yeah. was he was, was going to ask that because yes. how old were you when you saw this act because i i mean i i mean i feel like i was like 14 or 15 yeah, yeah. yeah. okay so i yeah. think it's fairly clean and the yes. only thing i remember which is not a good bit but it was just i remember because it was at the end of a show he asked for things to talk about oh. <laughs> And someone because he doesn't he doesn't do he has no material he, he just goes right for no joke yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he just goes up yeah. he actually is a this is a side note he's a tremendous podcast guest this is something that I've if you he was on Hollywood Handbook and you're like oh I wonder how he's gonna do amazing and he immediately knew what it was he got the wow. stick even though he had obviously never listened he, he just locked I've never seen a person high latch onto a genius high yeah. energy Sinbad high energy oh yeah, but he just sort of knows what he the is, thing is kind of amazing Such, isn't he's he? a pro yes. but like oh right. he was on. Uh, you made it weird, and he was like, "Oh yeah, so I astral project all the time." I astral project <laughs> all the time. <laughs> he just really is like the okay. most prepared for everything. But yeah. so he d- he was doing the show, and so funny. And he asked for suggestions, so he yells out Iron Chef, and I, as a kid, did like Iron Chef. I know that that would be a thing that I list. And he truly had no idea what it was. But then he was like, "I don't know what that is," but then acted out as if he was a chef that was like the Tin Man or whatever. You know, that's good to hear because the worlds of improv and stand-up comedy often are feuding teams. Sure, yeah. and it's rare that. A, a stand-up says, all I need is a suggestion. Yes. Yes. Sinbad did that. And it's also rare that you'll see a stand-up pretending to be a chef made out of iron. (laughs) That feels like some really (laughs) hacky improv bullshit that I've been doing my whole life. I say that with love. But Sinbad... He's the line. Yeah. They say you have to cross the line and pick what side are you stand up or improv. He is the line. I yes. think he, I feel like on his WTF, he's like, I've never bombed. He's just sort of like, <laughs> I started, I did an hour, I crushed, and I've never stopped. And I never looked back. I need yeah. that guy on my team. What confidence? I need that kind of confidence on my yeah. team. Yes. Um, as a reminder, this is the second act of No Joke. We also have a second podcast. That's Adam. right, we do. It's on Patreon. Yep. And that podcast is called QA with BA. Advice podcast. You ask us cues, we A them. So mm-hmm. if you'd like to get involved with that podcast, Podcast, yes. Please send jokes to nojokepod at gmail.com. Yep. Or you could tweet those same questions to at nojokepod. That's right. On Twitter. Exactly. Uh, each episode's about a half hour long. Yep. And it's a slightly more sincere podcast That's than right. this one. We like to take real problems that people are experiencing and try and give a little advice or help where we can. We've recently answered questions about uh, college regrets and car washes. There so you go. It really runs the, the full gamut. spectrum. Yeah, the, just those two things, really. So, <laughs> as a reminder, that website is patreon.com yep. slash nojokepod. Yes. You get four free. You have four episodes a month, yes. and that costs $5 and a month. And here we are today interviewing Jesse David Fox about interviewing. Mm-hmm. Jesse, who are your favorite interviewers? Oh. <laughs> who? What interviewers do you watch and kind of admire? But like, that. That's, that's a good way that's to do interesting. it. Yeah. That's right. That's a good question. <laughs> I feel like, I mean, the truth is, um, I don't know if I, I, I there, 
Now let me let me think about. That. I mean, let me, really let me say like, for a second sure. that, like, in terms of the in, in the late night in the late night oh, show sure. host spectrum, let's okay. just say, like, keeping it there. Okay. I, and we've talked about this a lot, but like for me, Conan O'Brien is my like comedy president. I think he's the funniest person of all time, and I will follow him to hell. Yes. So like he's my favorite. We've comedy established brain. that he's the funniest. Yes. But does that like his interview style is the question you're asking? That's exactly right. I think that there's something unique and special about Jimmy Kimmel, since uh, mm-hmm. particularly Jimmy Kimmel, and because there's something about. And again, we discussed this kind of briefly on the podcast, but there's something about the way that Jimmy Kimmel Conan to me is always the funniest guy in the room yeah. and like he Gregarious, can't not be, can't right. not be yeah. like the funniest wittiest one or something but something about Jimmy Kimmel is so gracious and the way that he really always elevates his guest I feel like he I don't know if it's from his like radio background something about like his radio DJ background mm. but there's something about Jimmy Kimmel where he seems to insert his own personality the least yeah. or the least uh, uh, egregiously or something like that and I find that it actually makes for a good interview dynamic yeah, I, I but I wonder what Seth you does that as well yeah I think. Oh yeah. Um, Colbert, when he really, I, what I've liked about mm. the, my actually the part that I like most about the Colbert show is yeah. they'll do big long ones. Yeah. And they'll sit in and he'll be sort of in the pr- moment. Yes. I think the hard part is like all those tend to be so pre. Plan. That's yes. the thing. Every yeah. single question has been like cleared by the publicist or the person who is representing the yeah. artist. Yes. Then the writers have to come up with their own thing. Then it has to be in Jimmy's voice or yes. all these things. Yeah. So it's, it's like so many. Yeah. It's, so it's like it's hard to kind of have like that natural conversation, which is why I think podcasts are actually this opportunity to hear yeah. real interviews or yeah. real conversations. I think the the when podcasts started, I I learned a lot, and then also decided what I didn't want to. I mean, like the. I'm always like the thing that probably uh, when I talk about interviewing the most, I think about how much time people had with the person. Yeah. yeah. Because it's like, they're like, if you ask for my favorite interviews, like there's this guy, David Marchese, who was at New York Magazine Vault for a really long time. He's done these like big, there's what he gets is so amazing. Like he, he interviewed uh, Quincy Jones and cool. interviewed people who are obsessed with it. Oh, that one was amazing. Yeah. That was but, amazing. Uh, <laughs> but he'll, he'll do it over and over again. The thing that he does is his process is also insane. He, he, he consumes everything they do. Then he like comes up with all these questions. Then he memorizes the questions. Oh wow! And, but so like so that's like whoa. real natural in conversation. Yeah. So kind he doesn't. Of? But he has tons of time. So he gets basically like so two hours. Then he gets a second follow up. So then he so he wow. gets to burn the first twenty minutes getting all the boring answers out. Wow. Right? And you can get to the, oh, that's so interesting. So I can't do that because I, I have an hour. Limited right? time. Terry, Terry Gross does the same thing. Terry Gross has tons of time. So then that's why that show I'm loving this intel. Yeah. yeah. So Terry Gross gets tons of time and then it's edited down and she can do that because she's Terry Gross. Um, so interesting. So that's why that show is she asks a d- question then stops talking and then they have this big answer. Yeah. Because there's lots of times where that didn't work out. Naturally. I don't get, I don't have the luxury of that because yes. I'm basically like you're coming here for an, an hour, hour so yes. we're going to cut it down. Yes. Right. So what I so what I do is I prepare a lot. I try to figure out what they try to what their default stories are and then Real. or answers and then include their answer that they give a lot in my question so they can't say you're smart Dude. jesse you jedi that you're is like a jedi that is slick yeah. as, that's really <laughs> slick as hell yeah. yeah because it's so easy to just like focus on like i have to give a good interview and like yeah. it just needs to feel right that's... and like fit the mold but you are saying these interviews already exist these yeah. answers already exist so i'm yeah. gonna get ahead of those that is a big shift when that's i so started in my career, in, I didn't know how it worked. I did not have a background in yeah. journalism. Yeah. I just sort of like... How do you stumble into it? Yeah, I, the, the shortest answer is like, I, I wanted to work in the entertainment industry mm-hmm. and I wanted to do anything related to music. So I wrote reviews just to like continue doing yeah. music related things. Yeah. So, and then I tried to work in the entertainment industry, uh, was bad at it, uh, was fired at 
famously fired after working at William Morris for three years, <laughs> and I was famously fired where he's uh, my boss said, uh, "You're too sensitive to work here, <laughs> and you're too much of an intellectual to live in Los Angeles." Oh, both Jeez. compliments, yeah, both huge compliments, yeah, so huge that, compliments. But, so yeah. then I just sort of wrote, not <laughs> thinking anything would come of it, but I wanted to really be a blogger because I allowed you to write funny stuff. But yeah. I was like, I guess I should do interviews. Yes. Um, and when I did interviews at the beginning, my goal was to have them repeat funny, interesting things they said in other oh, interviews. Oh, that's right. Which was wrong. So then I learned the opposite. But now I've like, the third level is it's useful to get that stuff out of the way so then we can talk about something else. Yeah. Um, and then it was like saying, oh, yeah. So that that is like the grand trick that I do. Yeah, that's, that's really slick. But it's true because podcast audience are so well versed now. And there is such a glut of kind of like interview content and like the post in a post Mark Marin world. Yeah. It's like so many comedians have spilled their whole exactly. guts right. to Mark Marin or who it's just like, yeah. And to sort of like be able to, I think it's so clever and wise and, and kind of. And I would argue that like when podcasts first came out and you were really like, at the beginning stages yes. of it, you had like For sure, yeah, not even just making, but like reviewing and yeah, covering. I, was, and I had a first column ready. I, like there was Podmass, and then I had a column on Splitsider where I was reviewing pod, comedy That's right. podcasts. Right. That's right. And so it's like, I think that a trend was for a lot of comedians like us. I'll only speak for like the, the comedy podcasts mm-hmm. that were yeah. coming out at the time. It was really mostly comedians just shticking, mm-hmm. talking, chatting, and just like getting to hear it. Not mm-hmm. a lot of like format or not a lot mm-hmm. of like larger consideration about how this can last an hour. Mm-hmm. And I would say, like, that seems like your instinct to be prepared, to have a layout, is really the antidote to all of those podcasts. I'll also say that our podcast, the one we're on right now, is exactly the thing that I just kind of said came out the gate. Meandry and sort of, but you have a topic. I mean, the thing is, like, like when you for influences, like I listened to WGF and I was like consumed by it, and then you made it weird, which was a sort of extension. I was consumed by that. But the thing that I were thought about was when they talked about comedy I was just like just talk about that just and then that they were getting to the other stuff and I thought Mark was so I mean Mark I think was so good at what he was doing of like he would talk about himself and he would like it would settle in and they would get to something and I think he was very good at yes. doing that but there was just sort of like there's so much to talk about process they wouldn't get yeah. to and also like a lot of those people were interviewed at the beginning of that podcast and that's like eight years ago yeah, that's right that's true <laughs> that's true so that then true. you're sort of like oh there's there's this giant gap where people aren't being re-interviewed and then just yes. sort of like let's focus on the part that I was always most interested in because the nuts uh, and bolts of the comedy yeah I just yeah. sort of like I, not I'm the interested... first 20 minutes of ads no! <laughs> or, yes <laughs> I, every once in a while when there was a good first 10 minutes I was like I need to write about this so people know <laughs> right it exists <laughs> yeah. it does exist somewhere but the, so I think podcast is a form where we're, we're trying to figure out how it works and like what we can do that's different and I, and I think the at first I thought uh, there's this podcast Song Exploder mm. which I don't know if you listen to it but essentially they it's a similar idea what they a uh, musician will go through all the parts of a song and cool. how it was built but the, you don't hear the interviewer it's just sort of told oh, each part oh that's, cool. that's interesting that's and like I thought documentary like yeah so I thought the and then they play the song at the end yep. and so when I was thinking of the, my podcast I was like maybe I'll make oh, it like that yeah, so yeah. Like, but I couldn't play the joke at the end because the joke would be fully ruined right, that's right. you need to say what we're and talking then about I, I was like I thought maybe I would be like ask a question that would just talk and that just yes. doesn't work because a lot of yes. comedians right was there me, an apprehension to make yourself a performer on the show yeah I mean it's still an apprehension and I you know there was there's a give and take of once I really once I came up with the idea that mm-hmm. the end I would call there I have this segment called the laughing round which is a lightning round but because it's common it's a laughing round <laughs> which is a very um, stupid joke and I like that <laughs> then I felt like this podcast really represented me yeah but for right, most part, really <laughs> but for the most part I went I don't listen 
to this episode to edit it anymore because it goes me it makes yeah, me crazy. But yeah, I uh, anytime I did, it'd be like. I would just give them times to take out me talking. Yeah, yeah. that's real. <laughs> yes. In fact, we've had situations like that that we'll talk about in the third act as well. Uh, it's the second act break now. Great. Um, removing ourselves, removing, removing editing. Ourselves. Too sensitive for William Morris. Yeah, yeah. William Morris more or less told me that same thing about being a client. Yeah. Um, so no stranger to that. Yeah. Maybe there's a song about a William. My Boy Bill. Is there a song called My Boy Bill? As a man named Bill, I feel like my mom sang me a song called My Boy Bill. So let's do this. Yes. Jesse, when sure. we talk about a song and we say we're going to play it in the act break, there have been times where that song actually doesn't exist. Sometimes sure. we're wrong. Or it exists, but not online. That's right. Therefore, we can't access it. That's right. In those act breaks where we talk about those songs and it doesn't exist, Adam, what song do we play? We have a default song. It's Banana Phone. Sure. So, That's right. so in the event, my boy there. Bill, yep. <laughs> by artist unknown, doesn't exist. That's right. You're about to hear Banana Phone. Congratulations. Bill. My boy Bill, I will see that he's named after me. I will. My boy Bill, he'll be tall and as tough as a tree. Will Bill, like a tree, he'll grow with his head held high and his feet planted firm on the ground. And you won't see nobody dare to try to boss him or toss him around. No. Hot-bellied, baggy-eyed bully will boss him around. I don't give a hang what he does as long as he does what he likes. He can sit in his tail or work in a rail with a hammer, a hammer and spikes. He can ferry a boat in a river or pedal a pack in his back or work up and down the streets of a town with a whip and a horse and a hat. He can haul a scow along a canal Run a cow around a corral Or maybe bark for a carousel Of course, it takes talent to do that well He might be a champ of the heavyweights Or a fellow that sells you glue Or president of the United States Then it'd be all right to his mother would like that, but he wouldn't be president unless he wanted to be. Not Bill. My boy Bill, he'll be tall and as tough as a tree. Will Bill, like a tree, he'll grow with his head held high and his feet planted firm on the ground. And you won't see nobody dare to try to boss him or toss him around. No. Fat bottom, flabby face, butt belly, draggy eyed bully will boss him around. Welcome back to No Joke. We are talking with Jesse David Fox about interviewing, and what you just heard was either some song named My Boy Bill or Banana Phone. <laughs> I feel if I could put a percentage on. What I think, my if I think my Bill. boy Bill exists, it's like an old Irish tune, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna give it a plus eighty percent that you guys just heard my boy Bill, my boy and, Bill. And in the event you didn't, Mom, why were you telling me about a song called My Boy <laughs> yeah. Bill when I was a young boy? Circle yeah, back to that. Villain, my boy yeah. Bill is as tall and as tough as a tree. Okay. Does that sound nothing? I'm getting flat. I mean, that definitely sounds like a thing that would be, like it's like yeah, the, like. 
it has the vermicillitude of truth. That's right. <laughs> Thank you. That's right. Like, and so we'll that leave it like that. Like yes, yeah. <laughs> that was also the biggest and best word any guest or person has said on No Joke. You are too intellectual. I've been Los saying Angeles. the word yes, vermicillitude <laughs> all the time. <laughs> vermicillitude. <laughs> what does it mean? Has the uh, feeling of the truth. The feeling of something. Got it. Vermicillitude. Yes. Okay. Right uh, we are talking about interviewing. So this is Act 3. So we're sort of touching on the future of of interviews yeah. and what interviewing is. Some would say that podcasting is the present and future of right. interviews. So let's needle on no joke for a second, Adam. Yes. And I have a question for you. Please. Would you say that our um, interview style has changed over time, has uh, morphed into Anything different than what it once was? Your own personal interview style? That's a good question. It's like, I don't know. I sort of, t- our pr- last week, we talked to uh, Marina, your fiance, Billy, and we were talking about Clueless, but we sort of touched on her short film. And I did get to sort of like d- do a little Jesse David Fox cosplay and watch Marina's short film and even right. read the interview with Marina that she did with the previous publication. I was like, oh, this is how Jesse and other actual <laughs> interviewers might do this. Right. And did you oh. find uh, a certain like sense of like, oh, I'm going to be even more comfortable talking in that podcast? Or did you feel like now I have to remember things. A little bit of both, okay. to be honest with you. Sure. A little bit it was like, and I this is another thing I sort yeah. of commend you for. Um, but my brain is so kind of not scattery, but like it moves so fast. And if I have too many thoughts swimming in there, I yeah. think that's another like yeah. I take so, like comfort in our kind of winging it style because like with too many thoughts in my head, I will kind of be struggling to remember what I meant to add. Do that's you fair. find that, Jesse? No, like, I mean I I. Because I have like really prepared, I yeah. know what's coming for the most yes. part, and I and I, as I say, I, I I prepare by listening to them being interviewed very fast. Yes. So when it's happening, yeah, I, they're talking, and I am like, you're talking so slow. To you're like, like an athlete, we're like in the zone. The game slows but down. I will say, you, from listening, you you guys are, I thought, very good at being figuring out what the question you guys are genuinely interested in, in the moment that the thing is happening. Yeah, Thanks, and I think. I would not be able to do that. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get it. I get that. Like, I am. It's hard for me to go off script too much. Like, yeah. I think, and I let myself when I feel like there's really a thing there. But yeah. I, I, I am not riding a wave. Yeah, <laughs> that's such a different. And that really is like yeah. that's like a performative thing. Like, there's yeah. a member of Harvard sailing team, is Chris, Chris Smith. He and yeah. I, next door neighbors, growing up as little kids, oh, we wow. started the group as a hobby, yep. and it just kept growing and became this thing, and mm-hmm. we were very surprised by it. And then we got to the point in Harvard Sailing Team's career where we started pitching television shows and like it was a totally new thing for us. Mm-hmm. Where it was like we were just doing sketches, now we're going to boardrooms and yeah. trying to sell ourselves. And he and I are very different in a number of ways. Mm-hmm. But that being said, the, I thought one of the more interesting things was when we were pitching, he needed to have a script. Mm-hmm. He needed to be on script. Mm-hmm how we're going to say, what we're going to say, yeah. who's talking when, mm-hmm. to make sure that everything, that's how he, a very trained actor, feels comfortable pitching. Yeah. I was a writing student. I was an improviser. Well, wing it. I got a gut. Yeah. My gut, and like, I usually, that's my whole, I feel much more comfortable when I can just be myself, be loud, be fast, be very reactive yeah. to what's happening yes. and problem solve that way. Yes. And I think both of those kind of performative styles, A, apply to podcasting yes. and interviewing, but it's also just like, they both work. They yeah. both work for who you are. And you sort of mentioned Colbert before. I do feel like he lives in that really sweet spot. He is so good at that, isn't he? Yeah. Where it's like he does have a general shape to the interview. He's on CBS. Like it's got to be kind of buttoned up. But like right. he d- does find magical moments because he is so present and like a brilliant improviser. Of and course, the Kim Alive like, thing too. I think, yeah. the live, I think the live element is like we hosted a television show. That's right. For like six weeks, eight weeks That's right. on this new network called Fusion. Sports. We found out like three days. It was a desk show. Yeah. It was a late night uh, desk show. And we found out three days before going to air, 
it was going to go from pre-taped to live. Yes. <gasps> live. Yeah, they, yeah, like it was like, live. oh, that's a twist. And that's for cool. fast-talking dudes who like sometimes put their foot in their mouth, yeah. it's like, are you sure? Yeah. Like, no editing? Yes. But I will say that like any any of our friends, yes. I'd say they'd probably gulp yes. at that. Like, shit, what? Yes. But you and I, it's like, we can take that news on. Yeah. Luckily. Yeah. So there is something nice about that. Yes. Whether or not that's the future of interviewing, yes. I don't think so. Everyone's a yeah. different. <laughs> I, I do like these kind of only like, live. Only live. <laughs> well, no net. Do a live. Yeah. <laughs> right. I do love these sort of like long form. Like I like. Do you like Letterman's Netflix show? Like, uh, the sort of like... I like the idea that it happens. I yes. think there's. Um, I just. Yeah, I think the questions should be more interesting a and more probing. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's so it's so interesting that he went from the guy who famously like would be interviews where he didn't care about answers to the guy who was the most earnest I interviewer that it totally ever. Totally agree with you. Yeah. That was a real sea change that I needed to take on too. Yeah, yeah, and it was like the a list nature of it all. It's like there's too much pressure on all of this. Right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you get. I mean, I think the in in terms of like the future of interviewing, I yeah. think it does reveal part of it, which is. To like not get too much in sort of the state of journalism, but so there's there's was a piece recently in the New York Times about sort of the state of the profile, the ma the magazine mm. profile, which is the sort of the when people think of interviews, there is sort of Q and A's and there's profiles, which are the written things you right. read in magazines, and the main thing that people will say is uh, people get a lot less time. Mm. Those profiles used to be written over weeks like or weeks. days. You spent tons of time with, with them. But for the most part, with famous people, you get a lunch. Seriously. Yeah, and you get like – and there's, so there's nothing to say. You're like, oh, they ate a French fry. Yeah, that's, that's why the like, first paragraph is always like they dug into their salad. Always. But they, yeah, yeah. nothing else to say. <laughs> it's like, but you have to prove that it existed to yeah. make it a profile. Real. How interesting. And, and so there's lots of theories of why that happened. Part of it, it – um, uh, people blame like the late night shows for making it so easy for people to seem normal. Yeah. Um, and it's also sort of like celebrities because they have social media don't need it. Right. Right. right? So they right. have control of their own narratives. But what you do see – see is that there are there are spaces for interviews of less famous people better interviews of less famous people yes that didn't exist before yeah right mm. i think the internet has made it so um that's true my 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 david marchese used to be at vulture yep. and new york magazine who's now with new york times magazine yep. could do an interview that is not pegged to anything yeah. with um who did he do one with that was sort of like adam driver was not part of a cycle and it could be so interesting because it's just Sit down with him, or my nice. coworker Alex Jung, who's also a very good interviewer, can do these great. interviews whenever he's want, whenever the timing is. Yeah. and and then podcasts. Obviously, it's like that's true. It feels like interviews. The idea of an interview was like call it twenty years ago, fifteen years ago. Yes. It was like who are you to be interviewed? Yes. yes. But now what we're learning is that everyone does have a story. Yes. And more often than not, we're all now conditioned at least to know how an interview works. Yes. Even if you're not famous or trained in interviewing or yes. being interviewed, you can still like know the mechanics of it now. And that's true. It does make podcasts yeah. where it's like, it doesn't have to be Denzel Washington sitting across for us to yes. click it. Now it's just like, oh, that's kind of seems like an interesting conversation yes. to hear. Was Alex Trump the one that did the interview with Kathleen Turner recently? That was no, was, I think that was also David. Marquez. Oh, that was David. Yeah, I think yeah. There's something about now that with social media, I do. I am grateful that the sort of constrictions of what like an interview guest is is loosening up a little bit, yeah. and like you do see these celebrities and these public figures feeling that they can be way more candid, and maybe that is like the Mark Maron effect of just like it's true. Yeah, like I like that. They're like it's just. 
just been loosened up a little bit. That Quincy yeah. Jones interview was bananas. That was, and it's that just was like, the interview of the decade. It was yeah. bonkers. And I, it's, yeah, I yeah. like that trend. I think it's like there's just something about you show. I mean, like, to be fair, Jerry Seinfeld is doing his own version yes. of it, right? Yes. He hated so many – all the things that are annoying about late night shows. Yes. You show up. You have to do makeup. You have all this – all the previews. You, you strip that away and you can actually get to something. It's true. And, I, and you notice that even when I've interviewed – more famous people they're like they like that they sort of like get to do a thing exactly that is not because that question or just sort of like yeah and i think they like being that and you know my podcast can't exist 10 years ago so podcast didn't really exist yeah so it's like sort of how specific it is and i think there is something of comedians are are happy that people care about comedy yeah but also like they're willing to be um Use interviews to be more than just a famous person, but use yes. interviews to be sort of an interesting person or That's an real. artist. Right. And um, and I think that is what po- – you know, there's – I don't know if there will be more podcasts, but I do think that as we'll have less space for the sort of worse interviews because right. there will be less right. profiles. Right. There's fewer and fewer magazines. Yeah. Late night shows yeah. – Though there's a million of them on air, the interviews are becoming less part of it. Conan yes, is, that's Conan that's is becoming shorter. That's right. That th- we'll have more times. We're like, oh, let's let's talk to people we're actually interested in yes. talking to, because like I've had very I've had Jimmy Fallon on. I've had um, Jerry Seinfeld on. I've had very famous people, but I will say like the most popular episodes aren't necessarily the ones right. with the most uh, famous people, and the best episodes I would not necessarily say right. are the ones. Yeah, um, something you were talking about with on your Aparna episode was that like how and this is back in maybe August I think it was when you talked yeah, about Aparna, yeah. but you know like there is this weird thing where it's like comedians for better and worse are like do seem to kind of be like social progress mouthpieces sometimes. So it's like long kind of like probing interviews with comedians are also in many ways almost like people derive a lot of their philosophical and sort of like moral yeah. – comedians can be moral compasses in many ways. They're so. good at speaking out loud. Like that's I right. Think, yeah, I don't exactly. think the comedians are necessarily yeah. like better than actual philosophers, but they are better at talking and out loud. And articulating and yeah. selling yeah. it. Sometimes yeah. just selling it a little yeah. bit. That, that was the thing of the Cameron Esposito episode that I was so – I loved. It's probably one of my top five episodes cool. of the show that I've done. And so what she got at with that special she did called Rape Jokes and what she did in the interview was just like – her job, like, what is the job of a comedian right. these days? Right. And she's like, we are able to um, give a vocabulary to a thing. That's we right. can expand people's brains by giving them a larger vocabulary to talk about complicated exactly. issues. And that is, like, beyond, like, there's a lot of issues become black and white when we have such a limited vocabulary. Yeah. We're talking about them. Yeah. And that is what an interview can do, which yes. is, right, the, a shorter interview condenses how, what a person is. And a longer interview expands your understanding of that person. Well said. And that is like the goal of um, my podcast, which is like, or even when I, it's like expand consciousness in terms of its understanding of what comedy is. That's right. And here's, I don't know how many episodes I've done, let's say 50. Yes. And they all have different processes. They have different reasons they do it. They have different philosophies behind what this joke is. They have yes. different lines. Yes. And all it is is sort of expanding people's minds of what yeah. comedy is or isn't and what yes. it means to be a person or whatever. Yes. That is a yeah. really rock-solid audio. <laughs> Beautiful. We'll, we'll probably clip that yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. for the video. Yes. Um, that is also the way that we will round out this episode of No Joke centering on interviews. This is really great, Jesse. Thank, oh, thank you, you so, so much for much. being so smart. <laughs> uh, thank you for doing a great job of being I, – I, I hate being interviewed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're Didn't a show. Yeah. Gotta say, didn't show. I truly hate it. I uh, find myself using the same exact answers over and over again. Please. Got it. Well, and I'm like, I'm doing that thing I hate. Or I'll do what I also hate, which is – and this is – comedians will do. Is, yeah. Uh, 
give joke answers because I don't want to give sincere right. answers. Yes, exactly. I'll I got news for you, Jesse. You're trending and ebbing towards just being a comedian, too. <laughs> like, I know you don't want the title, and I know <laughs> William Morris had some bullshit to throw your way, but when you start getting interviewed and you're funny, I yes. think that's just kind of makes you... Uh... One might say you have the verisimilitude of a comedian. Wow. <laughs> and that's how we will end this episode of No Joke. Black Once again, out. we have oh, Jesse yeah, exactly. Fox on the show. Yes. Good One Podcast yes. on the HeadGum Network. Yes. Check out all of his interviews there. Vulture. Right. Check out all of his great work. For the No Joke Podcast, I am Billy Scafuri. And like always, we will talk to you next week. Thanks so much. That was a HeadGum Podcast.